tried the GAPS nutritional protocol and you found it really challenging, you're not alone. I also found it very, very challenging. And uh, Jennifer Scribner, who is a GAPS practitioner, she found it very challenging too, which is why when she became a practitioner, she decided she would learn how to guide other people, even though she thought she didn't have any problems. So she teamed up with a fellow GAPS practitioner to offer group coaching to people who want to stay on this diet with a low pressure approach. Find out how Jen stuck to the protocol and why failing isn't as easy as you might think on the GAPS diet. Next up on the Nutrition Heretic Podcast. Meet Gina. Gina wanted to lose weight, so she spent two years fasting, detoxing, and dabbling with vegan diets while practicing a shit ton of yoga to lose 25 pounds, but it took so long that nobody noticed. Then, Gina started Frenching her food by eating fatty cheeses, butter, sausages, and red meat, and lost 15 more pounds in only two months. Everybody noticed this time. Frenching your food unlocks the riddle of weight loss that skinny French chicks use to slim down, look young, and live longer despite doing everything wrong. Be like Gina. Start Frenching your food today by visiting nutritionheretic.com forward slash Frenching. Fat is bad for you. I just pop a pill and I'm fine. Meat is murder. (laughs) It's time for bad food punishment. It's time for real nourishment. It's time for the nutrition heretic. The following program is provided as information only and may not be construed as medical or health advice. It is not intended to diagnose, treat, or cure any disease. No action or inaction should be taken solely on the basis of the information provided here. Please consult with a licensed healthcare professional or doctor on any matter relating to your health and well-being. Hello, welcome to the Nutrition Heretic Podcast. This is Adrian Hugh, the Nutrition Heretic. You may remember, actually, I know you remember because I talk about it all the time. I, I've brought up n- numerous times uh, things like the GAPS diet. Uh, you know that we had Stacey Shepard on the show. Uh, she talked about how she walks people through it and all the benefits of the GAPS program. Uh, and we also uh, talked to Robin Crowell, who was her interest in really doing something about her health was piqued uh, by an email uh, that I had sent out about GAPS. And uh, she's in the inner circle group that I have on Facebook. And she decided to kind of slap together, for lack of a better description, her own version of GAPS, uh, you know, really just using the principles that I've laid out over the years that she's been in that group and and was you know very hesitant to take action. So finally, she got to a point of so much pain that she said, okay, I'm just going to do something with the information that I have. And when I looked at it, I was like, you know, that's pretty much gaps. <laughs> so so uh, today I wanted to have our guest heretic, who is Jen Scribner. Uh, she's a gas practitioner and the owner of Body Wisdom Nutrition. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No problem. I'm glad that you're here uh, because... 
you know, we have talked about gaps and everybody, I think everybody comes to the table with a little bit something different, right? Yeah. Uh, and one of the things that I, I really liked about you and I, I discovered, I think it was right on the heels of when we had Stacy on, on the show was that you do an online 10 week class. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I wanted to uh, talk to you about that class. What do you do differently or, or what are the benefits of doing the class than someone just grabbing the book and winging it? Well, with the class, you get the same, you know, similar content as what's in the book, but it's really expanded upon and we lay it out kind of step by step over the weeks. And then in conjunction with that, the thing I really find beneficial and that I've been proud to be a part of online is that we have a Facebook group that's private, but that's really active with people's personal questions. And myself and my co-teacher are in there a couple times a week um, answering everybody's questions. But then everyone else is always communicating with each other and you know, putting in their two cents and supporting each other and creating a sense of community around something that can be really isolating. And to me, that was the most exciting thing to kind of bring to the online space. Mm, yeah, yeah. And um, I actually picked up the program uh, to, you know, walk through it and and understand it uh, from, you know, how you did it uh, versus the book, because I've been to Natasha's workshops, uh, ha- never got the certification because I've never been in the position to travel at the time she was, you know, because you have to be on, on site, right. Mm -hmm. Um, for those. And I've never been in that position. Um, but I've, you know, attended several of her workshops on, on it. Um, and I said, let, you know, let me try this and, you know, see how the program works. And I, I'm going to be honest with you. I tried to follow it and I failed miserably. <laughs> um, I'm glad I just found because I was going to ask you, that was going to be my question to you today. So yeah, please, please tell us about that. <laughs> um, well, I'm going to tell you about that because I mean, I just find myself so incredibly strapped for time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, you know, maybe I would have been, see, I would like to think that I would have been able to do it in New Jersey where I was a lot less social. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here I'm extremely social. Uh, you know, there's always a, a school event and, uh, this on the other side of the island and that workshop I got to attend and, you know, running the kids to and from school. And, and when my husband isn't here in Hawaii, which is like every other month, uh, I'm a single parent, you know, mm-hmm. and, 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 trying to schedule it all in and work in, you know, like, and it's, and that's actually one of the things that I found interesting was that I normally consume a lot of bone broth. I, you know, consume those foods, but you know, there's the time where I need to just grab a sandwich or else I'm going to get a headache because I haven't Mm -hmm. eaten, you know, or something like that. You know, that that's where for me, it started to fall apart because I, I, what happened was I started to, really just not be interested in food, period. Like I wasn't, Mm -hmm. I didn't want anything. I got to a point Mm -hmm. where I was just, I was kind of disgusted by food, which is unusual. Like I'm a foodie. I'm not, that doesn't happen (laughs) to me. And, and, but I kind of wondered if I just hit a threshold because I'm already eating those foods versus some people who, you know, their, their last meal was, I don't even know. Pop rocks. I, I don't know. What, what, what do they make anymore? I, I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's just say McDonald's, right? Like, like their last meal was McDonald's. So they, you know, have like a, a, a much more um, depleted, let's say, yeah. body. Uh, but I found that I hit my threshold like within the first week. Yeah. 
So you feel like it was the diet itself that you were kind of failing at, not the class. Yeah. And, (laughs) and, you know, and then I just kind of, you know, it was just, yeah, I just, I got, I I started to just feel really uninterested in everything. And I was like, well, Mm -hmm. I don't want to eat that. I had, you know, just a couple options, right? (laughs) And I was like, yeah, I'm not hungry. No, that I'm not hungry. I'm not hungry. Yeah. yeah, I just, so I just stopped eating. And then like by the third day, I was like, okay, this isn't good. I'm like not eating at all. Yeah. Um, you know, what, what, like, have you heard of that before? Like what's, (laughs) what's going on with me? What's my problem? (laughs) Well, I feel like people who have the most success with gaps are the people who are in the most desperate situation. And Mm -hmm. so many people, they're not coming from eating McDonald's, but maybe they've been doing some paleo or Weston Price, or they've had a little bit of broth, but they're still just kind of miserable. So making the commitment to really go on the GAPS intro diet and to start from day one is easier for them to stick with because it's helping them really figure out what works for them and what they feel manageable with and what doesn't. So for people that have like intense digestive issues or autoimmune condition with a lot of symptoms, then really starting, you know, intro and just having soups and then realizing like, oh, egg whites are a problem. Well, that makes people angry, but at least they know that they feel well without it and not with it. So that can be a big distinction. And then the other thing is, is when you start from that place, and especially when I work with people, you know, one-on-one and the way I describe gaps is like, it's going to be your full, your second full-time job for the next couple months until you really get in the lifestyle of keeping up on the cooking, you know, doing things really step-by-step. And, and so it kind of depends on what your goal is and how, kind of how much pain you're in (laughs) to whether you're going to stick with it. And 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 whether it's the best time for you, there's never a perfect time. But exactly. there, there's that time where it's like, okay, things are coalesced to where I can really make this my main focus and I can set aside some of those other obligations and kind of prioritize this a different way. Right. And yeah, because it's kind of astonishing to me that, you know, I've done other let's call, I don't know if I would call them, I guess they could be considered like, you know, detoxes, Mm -hmm. um, where let's say I could only have, you know, salads for three weeks and, Mm -hmm. you know, pretty boring salads. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I guess one I'm thinking of right now also had fruit in it. And I found by the end, like I was craving more fruit than salad. Mm Mm-hmm. But I was at least somewhat interested in food. And this, and, and with gaps, I just felt totally uninterested in food. I have no idea what's wrong with me. I just, I just hit a, I hit a wall. And, yeah, and maybe and it just, was something where you were kind of replete on a particular aspect of it, especially if you've been doing broth for a while, then that wasn't necessarily like the part that you really needed right. for, you know, your healing or for your goal for that. But right. I think any... And, you know, and some of the other aspect of that that I like about the group setting is that you're getting that support and kind of a bit of that cheerleading and a bit of that sense of belonging that everybody's in it together. And mm-hmm. so like when when I did the GAPS diet myself, I did it with my husband and our housemate at the time. And the days that I was kind of like over it, other people were really into it. Right, <laughs> and right. And that helped me kind of like stick with it. And also just having that support of someone else, you know, helping out with the cooking and at least having people in the house kind of sharing the same thing. And and the thing I advocate is a lot of preparation. You know, we had like 24 jars of soup in the freezer and then we had Mm -hmm. a pot going every single day so that we didn't hit that point where 
we didn't have food and needed to like, you know, reach for that thing in the moment. And depending on where you, where you live, like I live in Portland, Oregon, where I can run to the store and I can get some bone broth. It's great. You know, it's so convenient, but most people aren't living. And even when I did gaps, it wasn't like that. So for most of us, you have to have such a plan when you're doing a therapeutic diet like this, where you really are doing all home cooking because you've got to make all your own convenience foods as well. Right, right. Yeah. And I think that's, uh, that's, you know, one thing that that I never even necessarily got to that stage, because, you know, we, like I say, I always have soup on the stove, like, you know, we usually mm-hmm. have it several times a day. Um, and but, you know, to like replace everything with it was just like, wow. And then then, you know, I think I broke down. I forget what I what my first thing was that I ate. <laughs> may have been cheese or something, you know, that wasn't on intro. <laughs> right. And not a, not a quote unquote bad food. Right. <laughs> exactly. But it was just, but then I was like, oh, that's what food tastes like. You know, <laughs> I was like, oh, now I'm interested again. <laughs> well, why were you doing gaps? Um, you know, I've, I, I had cleared myself of like all my health problems. And then I got into a car accident that just sent me out of whack. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, so basically I started to get some skin flare ups and they would like, they still come and go. Mm -hmm. Um, I had some constipation, Mm -hmm. which again, comes and goes and it's not alternating with diarrhea. Sometimes I'm perfectly normal. Mm -hmm. And then every once in a while, just, you know, get backed up. And I do think it has a lot to do with, with, um, salads to be honest you know the the raw vegetables needing that seem, seem to be my my achilles heel yeah yeah uh, I'm the same because way. because if i can eat like you say a you know bread especially if it's from from europe like mm-hmm. i went to i went to tahiti and you know lived on like steak bread and cheese for <laughs> and, and <laughs> potatoes for for two weeks and lost weight my skin cleared up like everything just totally changed Mm -hmm. fly back to to hawaii and i would say yeah the first day i was like i started putting on weight and bloating and i'm like (laughs) (laughs) i was perfectly fine for two weeks (laughs) so so yeah it seems i mean not that i didn't have vegetables over there but you know everything was just like my digestion was completely normal so mm-hmm. I don't know if it was stress That's levels or, yeah. or what, uh, but so I was like, oh, well, let me see if, you know, GAPS helps me to get over whatever it is that bothers me when I'm on American soil mm-hmm. <laughs> and <laughs> couldn't stick to it. <laughs> well, and sometimes when you have the physical trauma or something like an accident, then I would say, you know, like working on the structural issues that might be attached to that or if there was anything that was messing with that neurological connection to that need to go, that can be a whole other issue, kind of a functional neurology issue versus just a straight like food issue. If you're eating, you know, a reasonable diet and, you know, doing the basics um, and you're not having extreme, extreme symptoms or you're not having the IBS type symptoms. Right, right. Yeah. It's just, it's the freakiest thing, but like it's, and it's pretty consistent that when I'm in the U.S., so, there's something going on. There's mm-hmm. I don't know if it's soil, water, air, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and and I can and I actually remember that ever since I was I would say about seven years old. Every time we'd leave the country, I'd I'd get sick immediately on returning. That's so interesting. Yeah, 
it's just a, a really, really weird thing with me. Maybe so I was you like, just well, don't belong in the U.S. <laughs> you know, I've been telling my husband that for 20 years. <laughs> so uh, as a matter of fact, I was supposed to leave the country for good when I met him. <laughs> Brought me back in. <laughs> uh, <anchored> you. <laughs> exactly. Um, and yeah, at least I got him to move me to Hawaii, which is definitely better than, than New Jersey. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so, you know, like what, let's just say from like an interest point, like how do you help people keep the diet interesting, particularly in the, the beginning stages? Because it gets pretty interesting later on. Yeah. But, you know, when, during those, those, those initial stages, what, what kinds of, you know, tips that might you be able to drop about, you know, just keeping it varied and, um, you know, not, and granted, I know that most people are pretty monotonous, you know, as much as they yeah. say they want variety, they're right. still eating the same thing every day, you know, yeah. like the same <laughs> cup of soup, you know, and I'm not talking like real soup, I'm talking cup of soup yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> every day, you know, the same pastrami sandwich or pizza or whatever, mm-hmm. um, you know, every day. So like, you know, when they suddenly throw this in your face that, oh, well, you know, I just find it boring. Well, for the most part, the people that I'm working with are so severely affected that that isn't a big thing for them in the beginning, because Mm -hmm. what I want people to focus on is really the science experiment that we're doing with their body and being attentive to how food is affecting them and really Mm -hmm. taking things step by step. And so we're introducing, you know, one food at a time and it's every few days. And so the, the interest in food isn't expanding really greatly in the beginning. So we're trying to, for me, kind of keep the focus on the other things and and that bigger picture and like the larger goal. And if we see a change in constipation or we see a change in energy or with kids, you know, if we're seeing some, you know, connection or, you know, learning more words or something like that, those are the little wins that I focus on. And really it's in the longer term, when you do see success with scaps and then, you know, you want to expand out and you find that you can't do that very much, that's when people tend to get frustrated that I work with. And so that's where I'm like, well, let's look at, you know, Pinterest, let's Google some gap stage five recipes and let's look for some different seasoning combinations that can make this interesting because it is a lot of the same variety of foods. And like you say, most people would be doing, you know, five things outside of, the GAPS diet anyways. Right. And we all get a little bit bored with that, but you don't feel that you can so readily like go to a different restaurant or just, you know, make a, something from any old magazine <laughs> when you're right, on GAPS. Right. It has to be pretty specific. So um, well, that's I where I say for many people, it's like, it's not the, when the diet's working for you, it's not sexy. It's not exciting at a certain point. It's just like day in, day out doing it is what's healing you. It's what's getting you really repleted with nutrition, which takes many months. And that's, it gets boring. Um, but you're seeing the results. (laughs) So, right. So focus, keep keep, your eye on the prize. (laughs) Yeah. And keep, yeah. And, and what you're getting back to and being able to, you know, being able to go out and eat sometimes or being able to travel and not worry over every little thing and still feel pretty well. Like, you know, those can be pretty remarkable things depending on where people are starting from. Right. Right. Gotcha. 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 Um, yeah. And, you know, one of the things I think that uh, wakes people up too is that as much as they may say, oh, I eat a pretty good diet now or, you know, I only eat such and such, but then they don't realize 
that they stop at the vending machine fairly often, or mm-hmm. if they see, you know, that bowl of candy on the receptionist's desk, they stick their hand in there or, you know, yeah. they, there's, there's a lot of things that people put in their mouths that they don't count as food. Right. You know, it and, wasn't and, 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 mo- <laughs> and most of it, yeah, exactly. Most of it isn't food, but you know, they don't realize that all of this stuff. So that's probably one of the things uh, for a lot of these people who kind of eat the same thing at each meal uh, you know, the same soy-based cereal with soy milk and and agave syrup in the morning, mm-hmm. you know, they're probably not even recognizing until they can't do it. Then they're like, oh, now, oh, okay. Now yeah. I see what, And you're you not know. <laughs> getting all your buttons pushed when you cut out those type of processed foods and, and things. And so that's what people will miss a lot is they'll miss the sweets. They'll miss the, you know, treats (laughs) right? and that they didn't realize they were so kind of dependent upon or habituated to beforehand. And then that kind of, you know, can reveal a whole other layer of food, whether it be, you know, physical things that need to be addressed, um, in the body and, you know, what our cravings are coming from or the emotional, you know, ties that we have to food as well. And that's, you know, that's been a big thing for me, but it's funny when you really do, cut things out and you really do because kind of elimination diet, like I was having dreams about eating an apple, you know, and I was, I had that dream (laughs) that eats apples all the time. Like I'm an apple a day person for, you know, I've just always loved apples. And so not eating apples for me, it was like funny, the things I craved, I craved kale (laughs) when I was like, I like kale, but not like a kale lover. Right. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And I'd be like dreaming about walking down the street and seeing it growing in somebody's yard and like grabbing a leaf, you know, and listening to Dr. Natasha talk about that later on, you know, she kind of describes that as like, well, maybe there's something your body really needs. And if you're craving something that's really healthful in the beginning, is there a nutrient or there's some sort of, you know, component of that food that you really need, but being able to break through that cycle of craving, like Mm -hmm. for me, that was more present in the beginning, even though I started out with a pretty, you know, healthy diet and it cleared a lot of different issues going through nutrition school, kind of eating a little bit more paleo style diet when I was a total grain and carb addict, like, um, you know, before that. Right. So how did you end up on gaps? Like what was your turning point where you're like, you know, I'm doing all this stuff. I'm doing, like you said, the paleo type diet. You know, what, what was your breaking point where you're like, I'm going to do this. Was it because you were already studying it and you wanted to, Mm -hmm to, you know, know how to implement, you know, guide other people? Yeah, I just did it because I geek out on these kind of experiments. (laughs) So when I was in um, school studying nutrition and I studied traditional nutrition, and so I had, you know, moved to a whole foods diet. I had done kind of blood sugar handling, you know, type of diet, really cutting the sugars and the grains and kind of getting my macronutrients in balance and had seen so many gains, but I kept hearing about the GAPS diet and like these amazing results people were having and, and how life-changing it could be for people who needed something that therapeutic. And I just felt called to learn more about it. And so when Dr. Natasha did her first training here in the U.S., I signed up and I knew I wanted to try the diet. If I was going to help people through it, I needed to have that personal experience, but I was intimidated 
because it is, you know, a therapeutic diet, it is very rigorous. And if it wasn't for my husband and my housemate being more excited about it, I probably would have put it off longer. But Dr. Natasha said, you know, if you're going to be a GAPS practitioner, you got to do the GAPS diet. You got to try all of the things if you're going to be recommending them to others. And so that was really why I did it was I just wanted to do like two, maybe three months as an experiment to get a feel for it and understand what, you know, people would experience. And my husband had some like particularly seasonal allergies and our housemate had asthma and, you know, that Mm. was her main thing. And so they were actually a little bit more motivated. I was feeling pretty good. I'd cleared my skin a lot. I felt a lot more energetic. But when we started GAPS, I got to kind of a new level of energy and especially mental clarity that I didn't even know existed. And then that's what kept me with it a lot longer is I didn't want to lose that benefit. So to me, going off of GAPS is always keeping that benefit. And how can I eat that's going to keep me in that zone where I can accomplish all the things I want to do and, you know, help Mm -hmm. people the way I want to help and really stay focused on that. So that was my motivation that kept me going more than a few months. And, and I wasn't perfect about it within that time too. Like I have a blog article about when we got married and I, you know, Newman's ginger cookies every single day for a couple weeks because <laughs> like, I don't know what would have happened if I didn't have those. <laughs> right, right. So I kind of, you know, fell off it for a little bit and I actually did significantly better than I, you know, expected as far as my skin staying clear. And, and, but then after, you know, a month of, of really being away from good whole foods, I started feeling the energy shift and all that, and then kind of got back on the horse and stuck with gaps quite a bit longer too. So it did it more or less for a year and a half. And, and I also really recognize my need for detoxification through this, you know, through the process of gaps and, mm-hmm. and things were kind of starting to add up at a certain, you know, point for me in my mid thirties that things that didn't bother me before that, they kind of creeped up. And so that I wanted to address those issues as well. Right, right. So that you brought up the thing about eating the cookies. And I know that one of the things that's very intimidating in the book is uh, Natasha says, don't let one iota of any of the illegal foods <laughs> to mm. get in while you're on the diet. Have you seen people try to concoct their own version of GAPS? Oh, yeah. You know, and and <laughs> yeah. and are they getting results? No, yes, no, somewhere in between? <laughs> Just taking a lot longer? <laughs> yeah, not the results they want. I mean, that's what I, you know, talk about with people where I'm like, okay, you've got gaps to the letter, but not really to the spirit of it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good and way And I've of had people it. come to me and say, oh, I've been on gaps four or five months, but they're not doing bone broth. They're not having probiotic foods. They're just eating, you know, meat and vegetables and it might be like boneless, skinless chicken breast and the salads. And so they feel like that's gaps compared to where they came from. Right. And so for me, I want to focus on that bigger picture. And and what Dr. Natasha talks about is, you know, 85% of your food should be savory, you know, over the course of the day. So we're focusing on the broths, the meat, the fats, the veggies, and 15% can be the, you know, nuts and baked goods, fruits, you know, in the long run, like that's the kind of balance Mm -hmm. that we're looking at. But I, and I've definitely seen people who are like, well, once I get to where I can eat the gaps bread, that's super convenient. So they're having the similar diet to where they used to pancakes for breakfast, sandwich for lunch, you know, it's like, 
it's very heavily nut based instead of grain based and, and they're not getting the full complement of nutrition. And, and to me, that's something I emphasize with everybody is let's have a lot of variety. Let's make sure we're kind of covering all these different bases and we're not eating so incredibly repetitively that we can get what we need and eat seasonally and be attentive to what our body really needs in that particular moment in time, rather than just the convenience of eating the same things. Right. I mean, it is pretty easy to, you know, have a pot of stock just on your stove, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and and ready to eat at, at pretty much any time of day. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's not that difficult. Uh, it's it's just a reframing. Uh, right. But yeah, I mean, I definitely can appreciate that it can be difficult to get it all in. Uh, what about the, the flip side where people are, you know, basically doing the GAPS diet, but they have these infractions where they just get themselves caught somewhere, you know, that there's really, I guess the, the point is that there's really no good options because yeah. as you know, you, you go to a restaurant, even one that theoretically oh, yeah. is very conscious, Everybody's but they might oil. be, right, exactly. That's where I'm going with this, you know, so yeah. they're using, this place is using canola oil. That place is having the vegetables that I can't digest. That place only offers a sandwich. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. like this, what's, yeah. you know, are, are there, are people, you know, if they have those infractions, are they still going to just get back on the wagon as long as they're not having a setback? Yeah, that's how you know, I buy feel. That. I mean, those experiences, you know, with my clients, I, I look at those as learning experiences. How did that make you feel? You know, did that send you to the bathroom for two days and it really wasn't worth it? you know, are you, are you more resilient than you used to be? Like, because the goal is to be able to do those things some and to not have it wreck your health. So it really depends on kind of where they're at and their healing. And I'm not a hardliner as far as you've got to do it perfect all the time for it to work because that to me intimidates people from even doing any of it. And I feel like some is better than none. Right. Exactly. And and then I would think that you know, phrasing it that way makes people think that, oh, well, you know, I messed up, so I'm not going to do this for start my two years from now. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Like, oh, I had, you know, one thing that was outside the diet. Did I just blow the whole thing? Like, that's a conver- the question that I get pretty often from clients that they're right. like, oh, you know, if I did have canola oil, do I have to start over from day one? And it's like, no, just pick up from where you left off and see how you feel. If right. you, you know, go off the rails a little bit or you just don't have great choices, you know, as options, then where does that leave you? If you're really feeling digestively wrecked, then yeah, maybe go back to, you know, having soup for a few days until you kind of get your bearings and feel better, but then go back to where you were within the diet and, you know, right. you should feel like you can get back to that kind of position. Same thing if, you know, you have a stomach bug or something. It's like, yeah, just eat simply, go back to, you know, cooked foods, soups, the basics, and then mm-hmm. pop back to where you were. And and so I don't want that, you know, the perfectionism to prevent people from seeing the benefit or from doing it at all. And some people will feel that they need to be perfect about it. And I just feel like that's unrealistic and that can be unhealthy in some cases. It's like we should be able to have a little bit of give and take, but we're along the way we're doing that consciously and we're seeing how that feels for us right now and right. if it's worth it 
And for so for my example, even though we, you know, we did the gaps intro pretty strictly for a few months. And then we, for some reason, we really loved Papa Murphy pizza. And so we decided that we were going to have that every once in a while, like once a month. And we did that for a few months and it seemed worth it. But after that, you know, that third month, we both were like, you know what, when we have this, our stomachs actually feel really gross. I don't think this is Mm. worth it anymore. And we stopped doing it because we were more in tune (laughs) with, you know, how it really made us feel. And it just didn't seem that valuable anymore. So that's the kind of internalizing that I want people to do. And that's, you know, with my business, Body Wisdom Nutrition, that's the, what I want people to learn to tap into, because that can never be taken away. That's not something that you need to talk to me about on a regular basis to figure out. That's the kind of thing that you understand your body at a deeper level that will serve you for the rest of your life, no matter what type of, you know, diet you feel like you should try next or be following. Right, right. Now, I think that some people and and correct me if I'm wrong, but some people, you know, they might be on something like you say, ketogenic diet or Mm -hmm. a traditional candida diet where, you know, you're not allowed to have anything sweet or starchy, period. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But... Uh, and, you know, they look at everything like, ooh, honey, eh, apples, yeah, <laughs> you know, they, <laughs> they get really, you know, they, they have to convince themselves that it's the food itself that's evil so that they feel better about where they are. Right. Or, or yeah. what they what they're allowed to eat. Um, but then Gap says, no, you can have overripe banana. You can have, you know, like that, which is the really sweet one. Right. Yeah. You can have honey. You can have apples you can have you know all of the you know stewed fruit and things like that mm-hmm. um one i think that is a uh, um something that people who f- some other diet got to them first will scoff at gaps oh mm-hmm. well they, they allow you to have honey it's not a real diet you can have prunes what the mm-hmm. heck you know like so <laughs> and then, but you know is it are those foods actually helpful for recovery i guess is the question uh, or is mm. it more offering people variety, you know, because you can have Gap's desserts. Right. Right. You well, know, and like Candida, the best thing you can do for a dessert is just like a nut pancake with no sweetener. Yeah. And honestly, the fruits and, you know, not every food that's on the Gap's diet works for everybody all the right. time. And if people True. have you know, a severe issue with Candida or in particular, I find kids that are on the autism spectrum they have such blood sugar dysregulation issues that they don't do well with fruit for like eight months. And, and we, we go completely without it and we really stick to savory food. And it's because we notice a specific problem when we incorporate those foods. So that's what I want people to really be attentive to. But from the standpoint of, you know, how the diet was created is Dr. Natasha is looking at what things break down into simple sugars that don't, that are easy for you to absorb and don't require, you know, a lot of digestion. And so having a very ripe fruit is the simplest kind of form of sugar. The sugar is more developed. And if that works for people and, and they're able to make progress in the areas that they are, you know, looking to, then great. And it really just depends on, you know, case by case basis. So I feel like gaps, just like any of these kind of therapeutic diets is a starting point and it's a framework, but you always have to customize it to what really works for you. 
Yeah, that's that's important. And that's one of the, you know, because you, you do hear about some people who do the full GAPS diet, which mm-hmm. is pretty much the widest range of foods you're going to be able to eat while on it, you know, and they, they don't necessarily need to go intro. Yeah. You know, so long as they're, like you were saying before, incorporating the elements of the broths and the, the gelatinous uh, parts of the meat, uh, as well as the probiotics and mm-hmm. let's say cod liver oil and some of the other elements, you know, as long as they're getting, getting the, those, um, that balance of nutrients into yeah. their body, uh, they may not need to go on intro. Absolutely. Uh, have you have you seen a lot of that or have you seen people, you know, start on on full just to kind of ease themselves into intro mm-hmm. and then back again? Yeah. And every once in a while, I'll have a consultation with somebody who feels like they should do the intro because they never did it. <laughs> and right. and but but they aren't really sure, you know, what it's going to get them. And so that's what we talk through is like, well, what was your goal for gaps and how are you progressing towards that, you know, do you feel like you've made the progress you've made? If you still have some symptoms that you're really not sure what's causing them, maybe it is, you know, the nuts or the egg white or something and going through intro will really reveal that to you. And that can, you know, be the simplest way to figure that out. But for some people, especially if they have more mild condition or more minor symptoms, then just sticking to full gaps and and being mindful of having things like broth every day and getting in the probiotic and fermented foods will be enough for them to achieve their goals. And that's great. You know, it's really what that individual needs and, and people shouldn't feel like they have to do it a certain way (laughs) just for the heck of it. (laughs) Right, right, right. Yeah. Like you said, it's, um, it's good if it can, if it reveals something. And I think there's some people sort of like what you were saying about yourself, where you um, had this level of health revealed to you or, or uh, not alertness, but energy revealed mm-hmm. to you that you didn't know existed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think there, there might be something like that as well for a lot of people. They're doing really well on full, but maybe they go to intro and mm-hmm. then they say, wow, this like, you know, totally turned it on its head. Like I feel even better. Right. Yeah, that's totally possible. Yeah. And on the flip side of that is some people want to demonize every food that's not on gaps or, you know, and right. and that isn't healthy either. And so, you know, that can be the other extreme is some people go on gaps and they feel really well, but they are just scared to go right. off of it. They don't want to, you know, try a sweet potato because, oh my goodness, who knows what's going to happen. And, right. and that's something else that we need to work through because, these other foods are not bad foods. They right. just may not have been foods that worked for you at that time. But when you've turned over your gut bacteria and you're, you know, feeling balanced and, you know, things have really turned around for you, you should be able to maintain that benefit with other foods. And, you know, using myself as an example, I, you know, have sweet potatoes, I have grains, I have restaurant food, and, you know, it's being able to maintain that level of health that I achieved, that's let me know that these are the right things for my body right now. And it's not to say that, you know, we don't go overboard sometimes the other direction, but you know how to like rein that back in once you have that internalized feeling. Absolutely. And, you know, this is something that uh, we just, I, you know, went on my tirade about, (laughs) about my, (laughs) about my, my, you know, body and, and how I do so much better when I'm in Europe than I do Mm -hmm. when I'm on American soil. There's just something that it's it's either something in our food, something in our food system. I have no idea. 
uh, that, that, uh, has consistently not agreed with me. Uh, but one thing that I think as Americans or North Americans, we need to remember is that we have far less ties to our traditional eating habits. Mm -hmm. So for example, in France, you know, it's not uncommon. If, if anything, it's extremely common for someone to have a little plain yogurt in the morning with their breakfast. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, in Germany, that might be sauerkraut, you know, with their dinner. I don't know, you know, or or lunch. Right. (laughs) Uh, but you know what I'm saying is that like we, yes, you know, like you might see, you know, cause I I wrote a book called Frenching Your Food and it's about the fact that we need a better relationship with our food. We need to, you know, it's, it's okay to say that you like food because there's people who, who are actually saying that, Oh, I never liked food anyway. You know, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I don't like food, and and uh, this is going right. to sound. They just want to drink soylent all day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's well, there's that dude, <laughs> but then but then a, a lot of my overweight friends have said things like that, as mm-hmm. if that's going to convince me that they're not gluttons, and I don't think that they're gluttons, but I think right. that some people, especially when they they gain a lot of weight, they'll say, oh well, you know, I don't even like food, and it's like, well, yeah, it shows because you, you now you're just eating anything because you're not t- t- like just enjoying the experience of food right it's um and so like their body for the way right that well it's possibly to something potentially so well that's just it, is that you know you're putting in and then you're blaming the as as an entire category so like you know one person will say to me well you know i can't sleep at night if i eat meat actually i've had that a lot recently and then mm-hmm. i find out what they're eating and I'm like, McDonald's ain't meat. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, that's not meat. That's that's like something else. <laughs> that's like people getting into the tryptophan coma after that Thanksgiving dinner. Right. It's like, no, that coma is from all the carbs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, don't even get me started. Oh, well, what did you have for what did you have? well let me see. I had mac and cheese, I had two rolls uh-huh. and uh, <laughs> the the uh with the canned green beans uh casserole and uh you know, they go down the list and it's just like mashed potatoes and yams yeah. and and pumpkin pie and pecan pie, you know, they go through all this stuff and and then I had that slice. It's a turkey. Right. It was a turkey. It was, a turkey. <laughs> <laughs> it was that one slice of turkey. That's all it took. See, I'm just not cut out to eat meat because that one slice of turkey did me in. So, um, no, you're <laughs> absolutely right. So have you had anyone actually follow the entire gaps? And this is another thing I think stands in people's way because you, I'm sure you hear, oh, it's not going to work for me. No, not going to. Never tried it. Not going to work for me. Yeah. Uh, have you actually had anybody follow the program and actually fail? And when I say fail, I don't mean mm-hmm. the way I failed. I mean, fail in the sense that, um, they just didn't get better. Like nothing yeah. really, you know, they did everything to the letter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Have you seen that? Yeah. Most commonly when I've seen that, I, we've, I refer people and it turns out that they have Lyme disease. Um, That I think has been something I've seen as a common underlying factor when people, they they make it a little better, but they just aren't really seeing the results that they want is that there's something, you know, much more complicated going on deeply. Um, So I've had a few cases like that and people I've worked with, like we always can tweak things and make it a little bit better. But, you know, people don't always get to 100 percent 
of what they need. And, mm-hmm. and the GAPS diet isn't necessarily the only thing that's going to be the key to health. You know, there might be right. other, you know, psycho-spiritual things that really need to be addressed to, you know, get things figured out. And I feel like I run into that in my practice too. It's like people that are doing the diet perfectly, they're doing everything just right. But, you know, there's something else that's going on in their, you know, lives or in their history that they really need to work through in another way before they're going to get complete results because there's something else that's kind of holding back their healing. So, you know, that's part of why I'm big on how things are working for you and seeing it as such an experiment to see if it's worth continuing, if there's some other way that it needs to be done or something else that needs to be incorporated. I, I'm not, I don't feel like, oh, you just need to do it like more or harder. <laughs> right. But we can evaluate <laughs> oh, that. And oh, we can see you know, it's you funny that you like say you're that. doing it all the way, but you're really just eating skinless chicken breast and salad every day. Like then we do need to make some, you know, right. actual differences in what, what your overall diet is. But some people are doing it perfect and they're, they're not, you know, seeing the results either. So, you know, we have to dig deeper. <laughs> Right. You know, one of the things I really liked on on your website, bodywisdomnutrition.com, is that uh, you talk about uh, not like, you know, for those people who misinterpret what you do, as they do with me, uh, that you're all about the weight loss. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're looking for weight loss. And so, you know, I guess, how do you handle that? You know, what, what what's going on there? Because, I am under the impression or I've always uh, believed that when your body is healthy, you naturally lose weight. And Mm -hmm. uh, because I don't I don't like starvation diets. Mm -hmm. Uh, They are they do more detriment over the long term than than good. Mm -hmm. Are you finding that most people who come in with that weight problem as well? And and when I say weight problem, I'm pretty sure somebody who's like 300 pounds is going to see a benefit. Yeah, um, but I'm talking about the person with like the more modest weight yeah. gain, right? You know, the 10, 20 pounds of weight gain. Right. Are, are they also seeing a benefit or are they like packing on pounds all of a sudden because they're maybe building muscle? I don't know. Yeah, sometimes that's the case. And, and you know, what I say on my website is I don't work with I don't enjoy working with people who are only motivated by weight loss, because when I've done that in the past and it was really prior to working with gaps so much. Yes. Um, People can have great digestion, you know, their skin's looking awesome, like they're feeling better than ever, but they haven't lost all the weight and they're really dissatisfied. And right. and and to focus on one thing so specifically, it, it was it was really not very enjoyable for me because I'm like, look at all these wonderful things going on. Can't yes. you, you know, like your body is so much better in so many other ways. Why are you obsessed with this one marker? You know, exactly. Um, And and that's what I always, that's yeah, that, that's, I found it very unfulfilling as well because my, my role has always been to get you healthy and as a, as a natural result of being health healthy, you'll achieve your ideal weight. Now, most of what people want is not their ideal weight, nor is it a healthy weight, (laughs) you know, but, um, (laughs) you know, and, uh, I'm just thinking of, of one person that I know who is very thin um you know works out a lot uh but she's actually too thin mm-hmm. like she's you know and and she showed a picture of herself before and she looked healthy like she was and she was still thin but mm-hmm. she was healthy you know she had she had nice you know 
cheeks and, <laughs> and um uh you know some some flesh on her her bones you know it's insulation but not not fat just normal yeah. you know yeah. just like her skin was was but now her skin is like really thin and you know her face is kind of gaunt and it's starting yeah. to i mean she's getting older so you know yes it's starting to like pucker in some places <laughs> but like a like on her face but at the same time i'm like i'm not sure that's healthier just because it's skinnier <laughs> right and and thinner people often do look like they're aging more especially if they're not eating enough fats and stuff and you don't have that bit of plumpness in your skin oh she eats um, no fat at all it's right it's dreadful, that's yeah. Yeah, a whole cascade of hormonal issues and you know neurotransmitter issues that go along with that but i most people do lose some weight on the gaps diet and mm -hmm. you know but without making it of focus you know it's not if just wanting to lose weight you won't stick with the gaps diet it's just too kind of rigorous and you know the things that you discovered it's just not worth it <laughs> to you know strictly for a little bit of weight loss for people so I don't find that to be very motivating but other people you know will often have weight loss which I consider as kind of like a side effect and so for me when I began the diet I lost weight at first and then I put weight back on but I didn't change shape because right. I gained, I felt this sense of solidness that I'd never had in my life where I felt like I had bone density and like mm. some sort of like, just like a, a solid person. Like you couldn't just blow me over, you know, right, <laughs> that kind right. of thing happened. And I've seen it, um, and it's, you know, sometimes working with teenagers, parents will be like, oh my gosh, all of a sudden, you know, my, my daughter's putting on a little weight. Is she getting fat? You know, is she eating too much fat? And when I'll look at it, you know, from a outside perspective and say, actually, you know, your daughter's going through a growth spurt and she's actually developing and her body has what it needs now to become that womanly shape instead of that yes. little girl shape. And so sometimes you'll see shifts in people like that once right. they've gotten nourished. And the first things that usually will come about when people are doing gaps and, you know, they may not see like full resolution of all their symptoms, but they'll be, the skin will start looking good. There'll be that kind of vibrancy, that eyes will be bright, you know, it's just yeah. this general kind of picture that we consider healthy and there's a vibrancy to them. Um, and that's kind of one of the early signs that I feel like we're on the right track. The body is really becoming nourished and able to, you know, give something to appearances, not right. just the maintenance of, you know, not getting sicker. Right. Exactly. And, you know, one of the things that you made me think of when, uh, you said that you felt more solid, uh, I kind of wonder, and I'm not saying this was your problem by any stretch of the imagination, but I know that Dr. Natasha talks about anorectics and the fact that they look in the mirror and they really do think that they're fat. Mm -hmm. uh, but once you, she, she says, you know, you know, but I'm telling everybody else, uh, she says that once you've, you know, they love to take pills. So you just give them all the supplements that they need <laughs> to go through, you know, to get through the first couple of weeks. And that's when they see themselves yeah. as, you know, for what is actually happening. And that's when they're actually motivated to put food in their mouths. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I'm not saying that that's where you came from, but I do some, you know, because you're talking about this kind of deeper inner sensation mm -hmm. of bone density and so on. And I wonder how much your awareness becomes more grounded through this process. Well, I had spent 18 years as a vegetarian 
And I had given it up a couple years prior to, or maybe just a year and a half prior to starting gaps. And I was a carb addict. I was, you know, I had a, (laughs) as most vegetarians are. (laughs) Yeah. I was a junk food vegetarian for a long time. And then I started eating salads, you know, um, (laughs) but it was heavy carbs. And I know that I, and I never, it would be very interesting to have, you know, gotten some type of nutritional testing back then, but I was very depleted of nutrients and, I had also been an obsessive exerciser for a number Mm. of years and they had had, you know, been muscular and looked good and, but never had that same, you know, feeling of being a really, it was more of that waif like kind of feeling. And, and I was able to feel just like a more solid kind of like athletic and, you know, person Mm -hmm. after changing that, which I, which I just associate with, you know, being nourished and having more density and being, you know, stronger from a tissue standpoint, you know, not just a muscular standpoint, but other parts of my body. So when it comes to people who have, you know, disordered eating or have anorexic tendencies, it's such a spiral because there's the neurotransmitters that are so important to feeling good and to the pleasure of eating and all those things. And so that's why, when dealing with a case like that, we'll use amino acids and other type of nutrients that are likely so, so depleted for people to, to start, you know, building back some of that nutrition before they get kind of excited about food and before they can have a a little bit more realistic, um, body image. But we also have to be careful with people who have a history of eating disorder because doing something like the gaps intro and having a way to, exercise extreme control over food can be a dangerous kind of psychological position too. So it's something to tread carefully around. Mm. And and sometimes people do better if they've overcome an eating disorder to start with full gaps and to look at what, what holes do we really need to shore up and focus on within the diet rather than being so restrictive? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So, uh, you have, Actually, before I, I mention that, I just want to ask one more question because you talked about exercising. Now, if I remember correctly, Natasha doesn't necessarily recommend like exercise for the sake of exercise, right? But, you know, where do you feel that fits in the mix? You know, again, I feel like it kind of depends on what your body needs at that time and what state you're in. And mm-hmm. often when people start out really depleted and, you know, from a place of extreme fatigue, going out and doing a lot of exercise isn't what is most healing to the body. And so I want people to listen to what they feel. If you feel exhausted all the time, then you need more rest than you need, you know, high intensity exercise. And it's not to say to be completely sedentary, but let's consider, you know, taking the dog for a walk is exercise. You don't have to be like running a marathon and pushing yourself all the time. So it's another area where I want people to really be in tune. And, and often as you recover your health and your energy, you naturally feel like you can, you know, do more of that stuff. And there was a period of time where I was really adrenally depleted and I could, you know, I could walk to the store, but that was about it. I wasn't doing any kind of exercise. And then I started doing restorative yoga, which is essentially, you know, laying around on the floor on pillows and blankets and stretching really gently. Right. <laughs> um, so it's not physical <laughs> um, in the typical sense. I call and- it sleep. <laughs> <laughs> 
I needed it to, to go somewhere to kind of turn my mind off and to, to rest in that way. But I remember one day, all of a sudden, I felt like getting on my bicycle and riding somewhere. And I haven't felt like that in like six months. And so those kind of things that, you know, people just naturally kind of gravitate towards without having to push themselves um, you know, that's the, the type of changes I want to see. And I do encourage people to, you know, go for a walk or do something like a gentle yoga, you know, things that are moving and keeping them active. And particularly with constipation and digestive things, we need to be moving. We need to be, you know, squeezing and stretching those organs and, and getting movement within the body. You know, we're meant to move and we are mm -hmm. meant to circulate the lymph and that's important for detoxification, right. but really being mindful of what, what the person feels capable of and feels good to them right now and yeah. an exercise that is not an obligation and not a punishment, but looking right. at it as a way to, you know, move my body in a way that feels good and pleasurable and particularly being able to do something, you know, outdoors is kind of, you know, double bonus Ideal. for me yeah. where you're, you know, enjoying nature, you know, and, and getting those kind of uh, calming benefits at the same time. Right, right. Yeah, because there's a, there has been such an emphasis and they were seeing this more and more in the schools too. There's such an emphasis right now on exercise that people think it's more important than their food. So, mm -hmm. you know, oh, then yeah. it's that, it's that concept of, well, I earned this cookie. Oh, yeah. And that's, that's how I used to be. It was like, right. well, I ate that, you know, and I was a sugar addict. So I was always eating sugar and I needed to burn it off. You know, it was the right. cycle of <laughs> punishing myself and driving myself into further exhaustion because I was propping myself up with the sugar and then trying to, you know, burn it all off with exercise. Um, and physically it looked fine, but internally it wasn't healthy yes. for me. But it took me a while to even recognize you know, what, what was necessary and what I needed personally versus the dogma that we're always hearing. And so that's, that's just kind of my recurring theme. I feel like talking with people is what works for your body, what calls to you, not what does, you know, somebody else say you should be doing, what are you feeling obligated to, or, you right. know, what can we guilt you into? It's like, what really brings ease into your life and helps you feel your best? Right. And, you know, you, you talked about exercise for constipation, but I've seen exercise result in constipation as well uh, from people who over exercise. You mm -hmm. know, and I think what's happening is, you know, like, let's say you're like a runner or a biker. Right. So you're like all over town. Like, there's no good place that you can legally <laughs> take a poop. You know, <laughs> like, you get the urge, you suppress it until you get six miles back home or whatever. Yeah. And favorite. so I, I see a lot of that, um, you know, people with constipation issues uh, who are like, well, I get all the exercise that I need. And I'm like, but when do you go to the bathroom? You know, like, when, <laughs> what are you, yeah. you know, what are you doing to, you know, eliminate? So maybe, you know, do things that are closer to home, make sure that you can get it out when, when, the, when nature calls. Yeah. Uh, so. And again, often that's a focus on some external goal rather than what the body really yes. needs. And I see that a lot with high intensity exercise and, mm -hmm. you know, like I've had a, a handful of, you know, newer moms who they get really into doing some type of high intensity exercise or CrossFit that completely depletes them. Like they're just not in a remotely healthy enough place to be pushing themselves that way. Right. And, but they're doing, doing it, doing it and kind of driving themselves deeper into dysfunction 
focusing on what they feel like they should do or, you know, even, you know, what their, that community is, is pushing versus what really is the most nurturing thing to their body at the time. Right. And some people feel awesome and, and, you know, work out like that. And it's, I don't want to say that you should never do that type of intensive exercise, but it's like, what, what are you really feeling right now? What, what makes you feel awesome versus, you know, what you feel like you should be doing? Right. And I mean, that's where it gets tricky, though, right? Because many people will tell you while they're, you know, while they're trying to defend uh, what they do, they'll tell you how great it makes them feel. But then, mm-hmm. you know, when nobody's paying attention, you'll hear about the aches and the pains and the sleep deprivation and the constipation and, you know, all right. these other Those things. Those are what you hear at the office visits. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> well, if you're lucky, if you because some people, again, it's like they're so convinced um, or, or, you know, they'll say that they don't see the connection, right? Because they, they, that's not, you know, they're, they're not the clinician, right? So they're not, uh, trained to see the connection between it, but they'll, yeah. they'll, they'll, they'll come in for the problem and then you go over everything and they'll boast about the high intensity exercise because they, they're like, nobody can freaking find anything wrong with this. Is going to be mm. impressed that I'm doing it all right. And it's like, well, you ever stop to think that maybe, it's, you know, you could pair back and you might get a better result. Yeah. Uh, there's a book called uh, The Slow Down Diet, uh, which, oh, yeah. which, you know, cites uh, exactly that, you know, people yes. who <laughs> cut back on their exercise and experience more weight loss, for example. I think that book was mostly about weight loss. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, their their digestion improves, their their weight improves actually by giving up excessive exercising. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, that comes down to that kind of feeling like you have control and, and, you know, there's some other issues kind of wrapped up in that. And I'm personally very interested in letting go of a lot of that and (laughs) having ease in my life and, you know, having been an over-exerciser, having been, you know, obsessive about so many things. And I just personally want to have a lot more ease and a lot less dogma. <laughs> right. And you know what? And, and that's the the beautiful thing about gaps is that it does help people to rebuild that relationship with food again. Yeah. If, or or it has the has the propensity because it is not intended to be your lifelong companion. You know, it's right. It is it is in the sense that you will always carry that wisdom for the times when you need it, right? Uh, but yeah. unlike just, you know, saying like, I'm paleo, I'm, you know, whatever, primal, blah, 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 key, um, yeah, keto or vegan, macrobiotic, if anybody even does that anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like instead of subscribing to one of these like cult like things, right? Yeah. It's like, okay, you do it, you repair, and now you can live your life. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, what's, what's so wrong with that? And I'm glad yeah. you bring that up because the, the, you know, the GAPS diet is a therapeutic healing diet. It is not meant to be a permanent diet. It's not meant to degrade other foods or types of eating. And I think it's really important for people to realize when the therapy is through and, you know, when you, especially when you just cut out processed food and you're eating you know, natural foods, you're going to be more tied to the seasons. You're going to be more tied to what makes your body feel well. And those are things that you're going to carry with you for the long run in all different types of, you know, eating styles. And 
so it's not like, you know, if you do the GAPS diet, you're, you're probably never going to go back to just eating at McDonald's. It's like, you know too much, you feel too well <laughs> to com- to revert back to a standard American diet, but there should be, you know, some play within that range too. There should be some, well, you know, my family wants to go to Olive Garden. Let me make the best choice I can. Um, you know, we're, we're all eating with people who are eating a standard American diet for the most part. So Right. Um, being able to be a bit flexible about that in the long run to me is the goal and to still feel well and to right. not feel obsessive or yeah. Or in a prison yeah. <laughs> by, by it. Yeah. And that's uh, that was actually a very interesting uh, guest that we had on the show uh, who was talking about uh, his name, Caspar Poik, he was talking about people with type A personalities that they're more prone to getting into these diets where they can obsess mm-hmm. about their, you know, whatever aspect of their food, uh, because they just they want that control. Like the, yeah. uh, the control is what drives them. Yeah. So and he he's a hypnotist. So when he hypnotizes them out of needing control, suddenly they're not gluten intolerant. Uh huh. Well, and he's like, they, they were manifesting uh, the the uh, symptoms mm-hmm. before, yeah. and he he does, you know, he he hypnotizes them and and tells them that they don't need to control everything, and suddenly they can actually eat it and not manifest side effects. Yeah. And so that's you know another another layer. Yeah, and that's all very this. intriguing to me, and I have a a pretty strong interest in that too because I believe so much in what we believe is, you know, what becomes true. And our thoughts are really creating so many things in our life versus the other way around. So we have to be mindful of that. And, you know, are we thinking ourselves into things versus, you know, just kind of going with the flow a little bit and accepting things and and not having to have that control? (laughs) Right, right. And I'm trying to remember which book it was. It may have been Slow Down Diet, Something or it was either that or in praise of slowness, I think, uh, where the author discusses uh, people, you know, when they bring anxiety to the table, mm-hmm. how their how their uh, it must be slow down diet where their digestion actually decreases, like their but their stomach won't release enough hydrochloric right. acid, yeah, uh, and you know that's. That's a huge clue. And, you know, again, going back to Frenching Your Food, like that's one of the reasons why I wrote the book, because I see this. I was seeing this in in clients. It's like before we could even get into things like gaps or trying Mm -hmm. to do like you have to overcome the fear of fat. You know, you have to overcome, you know, and, and recognize that it's not fat. It's that the fat that you eat is not naturally found, you know, that that had to come out of a laboratory yeah um and and understanding that there's a difference between uh those different factors it's an uphill battle my friend (laughs) (laughs) well getting in that parasympathetic state you know really being able to relax literally with your food (laughs) yes that is important to turning the digestion on too and that's something that i work with people on as well you know not rushing through eating taking your time, putting your fork down between bites. You know, there are specific things that you can do to let your body know that you're eating, you know, having a little gratitude before a meal, becoming present, all of those things change your physiology. And so that is a really important layer in, in this, you know, overall nourishment. 
Right. Well, it's it's kind of funny that you bring that up, too, because on uh, Facebook Live and uh, uh, several of the more, more recent episodes, I was joking about uh, going to some vegan restaurants in the area because, you know, supporting, you know, like, again, you're eating in with other people and this person wants to go here, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I eat vegetables. So, <laughs> you know, it's like I'm not I'm not adverse to eating vegetables. So I go yeah. to these restaurants with them. And um, it was two in, I think it was two in, two in as many months. First of all, they set up tremendous carb cravings. Mm-hmm. And what I found was I was eating without thinking and I wasn't really chewing properly. And I, the more I ate, the more distended my belly got and the hungrier I got. Like, but at the same time. So it's like I was in pain for my stomach being distended, but on a cellular level, my body was like, feed me, feed me, feed me, feed me, feed yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> still wanted something else, something more. Right. And, um, it was, it was really terrible. But, uh, what you said totally echoes what happened because after the second time I, you know, came home, made dinner, I was making dinner and my friend came over and she smelled the food. She's like, wow, that smells great. And I was like, that's what was missing. I went to these other places and there was no smell. Mm, yeah. Like they, you know, it was and like it wasn't, raw food. Um, the one place was trying to be raw. The other one wasn't raw. They see the, the other one, they lied to me. They, they were like, Oh, it's a vegetarian meal and you can have a vegan if you want. I was like, No, that's a vegan meal and you could have it with cheese if you want. <laughs> yeah. There's a big difference. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, you know, it, it, yeah, make it good, make it savory, put some fats in there to carry the smells, uh, yeah. put some salt in there to start the digestion, you know, it's contribute to your hydrochloric acid. Um, I mean, there was just so much missing, but yeah, what I was making was actually vegan, mm-hmm. but it had olive oil and, and salt in it. So yeah, you know, it, something it that's didn't, sensual. something that was sensual that, you know, really stimulated the appetite just from smelling it. And then when you ate it, you didn't feel deprived. Yeah. Well, and that's another thing, you know, when people are embarking on the GAPS diet and, you know, people hear the word diet and they think it's like not going to be delicious food. It's going to be this sort of deprivation, but it's such wonderful food to share with other people because most people consider it home cooking or the things their grandma used to make because we're having, you know, we're getting the fats, we're getting the, you know, the broth with the you know, juices of the meat imparted, like all these things that are just really delicious, wholesome foods that are really pleasurable for people to eat. But most people just aren't taking the time, you know, to cook that way for themselves. So when we would have what seemed like, you know, the, you know, beef stew for the thousandth time, but we'd have guests over and share it with them and they'd be like, oh, this is the best meal I've had in months, you know, and here we are thinking, oh, this again. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, they get, I know it's like shoot, uh, grass is always greener. And <laughs> right? so, um, yeah, and I was just I was just watching uh, some show that's supposed to be set in like 1860s, I guess, in, in England. And uh, they were talking about calves foot jelly. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's a perfect, except for the, you know, they probably had the sweetened version of it, but I'm like, otherwise that's like the perfect gaps food, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's like one of those yeah. things. And it doesn't sound that good, but it actually, like you, when you really think about it, it's like pretty good. <laughs> so, like if you know what you're eating, right. It doesn't, but you know, to the American psyche, yeah. uh, it sounds like something that would, would uh, have like a tasting curve before you could get into that. Yeah. But it's really just, you know 
gelatinous meat flavored stuff, you know, and when we, when we cook our broth or our stock, you know, simmer it and where it's really gelatinous at the end, you know, like that's the tastiest food is so concentrated. So it's really just a kind of version of that. Right. Absolutely. Uh, well, I'm going to let you go, but I wanted you to just tell us about uh, your upcoming classes for this year. Yeah, so uh, myself and Melanie Christner at Honest Body, we co-teach a 10-week GAPS diet class. And this year, they are starting on April 3rd, and then I believe October 2nd or 3rd. And they'll go on sale a couple weeks before that. And they are 10 weeks long, and we kind of you know release new content each week that you can listen to, watch the cooking videos that I've created at your leisure. And then we have you know, a couple days of the week that we're in Facebook answering everybody's questions. And of course, that's active all the time for people to chat with each other as well. Okay, great. Fantastic. And you can find her at bodywisdom. Uh, sorry, bodywisdomnutrition.com at Facebook at Body Wisdom Nutrition, Pinterest, Jen Scribner, J-E-N-N-S-C-R-I-B-N-E-R, uh, Twitter, Jen Scribner, and uh, Instagram, Body Wisdom Nutrition. Thank you so much for uh, being on the show. Thank you, Adrian. It was fun. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. The Nutrition Heretic Podcast is a production of Savor the Journey, LLC. Our audio editor is Nikola Popovich. Our podcast manager is Crystal McLean. And our operations manager is Michelle Med. I'm your host, Adrian Hugh, the Nutrition Heretic. You can find us at the new and improved nutritionheretic.com, where you can download the Nutrition Heretic's free shit list of seven health foods to avoid like the plague. You can also listen to previous episodes at nutritionheretic.com forward slash podcast. Be sure to like us on social media for updates. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash nutritionheretic and on Twitter at NutriHeretic. Contact us with show ideas, questions, or if you want to be a guest. And don't forget to rate our podcast on iTunes and Stitcher.